Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Before we do get started, I do want to let you know this program is brought to you by the financial support of our listeners. You can support the show at support.greatdetectives.net. Also, uh, you can mail in a donation, Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho, 83715. Well, uh, be sure and listen for a little uh, special conversation about technical support for the show after the program. But now it's time for today's episode of The Adventures of Philip Marlowe. The original air date, December the 10th of 1949, and the title is The Little Wishbone. And I will warn you there are sound quality issues on this one. But without any further ado, let's just go ahead and listen. You can get it straight. Crime is a sucker's road, and those who travel it wind up in the gutter of the prison of the grave. This started with laughter on a bright morning in a battle over a chicken. and got better as it went along. It could have lasted a lifetime, but it didn't. It stopped on a gray morning with a little wishbone broken. From the pen of Raymond Chandler, outstanding author of crime fiction, comes his most famous character in The Adventures of Philip Marlowe. Now, with Gerald Moore, star to Philip Marlowe, we bring you tonight's exciting story, The Little Wishbone. Sometimes the sun doesn't shine at 9 o'clock in the morning. Sometimes everything's just gray. The sky, the buildings, the streets... The face is going by, gray in a man's mind. When I pass in front of the politely landscaped Central Square on Sunset Boulevard and get out of my car, I knew that this was just that morning. And that was right as it should be, because what I had to tell her, what had to be said, belonged in gray to the chilling half-light that leaves everything and everybody something less than real. The half-light that maybe a moment before birth, maybe a moment after death. I'd like to see Miss Jones. Miss Cordelia Jones, please. I called. My name is Philip Marlowe. Oh, oh yes, Mr. Marlowe. I'm Mr. Early. Come in, please. I, um, yeah, the police told me what happened, sir, on the chain. Yeah, thanks. May I see you now, please? Hmm? Yes, of course. It's the last door down on the right-hand side. Uh, this way, Mr. Marlowe. <laughs> carpet that ran the length of the corridor was also gray. And that's the too of the morning is what I had to tell Miss Cordelia Jones. But well, it didn't fit with another morning. Three weeks ago. A morning that was bright inside and out. And it didn't fit with Jonesy. <laughs> oh, not Jonesy. The stranger in the butcher shop, the customer with the enchanting green-gray eyes. The girl who wanted the same sewing chicken I did. 
And in no uncertain terms. Oh, no, you don't. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, no, you don't. Exactly, my friend. It's nine cents of the law. And that young lady is just what I'm holding. Namely, one wing, one neck, both legs. Give me that. No, I got here first. Oh, no, you didn't see the model. No. Ah, but neither did you, Miss Jones. Ah, it was a tie. A photograph finish. Now, who really needs this scorning little girl the most? Me. Me, no, no, I do. No, I'm no, the one who needs... all talking together. Now, you first, Miss Jones. I... I'll be the judge. No, Fair please. enough, Mr. Ford. Your Honor, early this morning I was inspired. Yeah. I woke up thinking about chicken cacciatore. Chicken cacciatore? What do you think I was thinking about? I was thinking about... No, 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 no. Now, young lady, you woke up thinking about chicken cacciatore. Go ahead, Nancy. No, I think. The chicken cacciatore, you need chicken, and since I cook for one, I need a small chicken and the cacciatore. Aha. And you, Mr. Marlowe. The same, Judge. Honest to goodness. From inspiration, do I also cook for one? Honey? Mm-hmm. Is... Not even spoken for. You? Well, good. Then that does it. I don't know. Solves the problem. Tonight, you have dinner together. Oh, no, it's good. We don't even know each other. Why, this is... What's the name of this? Marlowe. Still Marlowe. What's yours? I don't know who it is. But don't dare you. The first part I answered is him. Oh, dear. Dear, now you know each other. You as well? It's me. Don't you? Oh, no. It's the one hundred years ago now. Don't be late, Anne. Send the bread out, please, Mrs. Ford. Bye, bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> uh, Mr. Marlowe. Uh, yes, Mrs. Ford. You can put the chicken down now. You're the only ones in the shop. Well, that's the way it started. And it had gone along at about the same touch from the chicken cacciatore, which was the best I'd ever eaten but only because I could look at the lovely chef while I ate it. That's a wonderfully gabby evening that I didn't want to see end. But end it did. The lunch the next day and the day after. I uh, don't do the thinking all that. My profession and artists are on the edges. She painted beer cans for like for an ad agency downtown. So her place on Sheremoya was half studio, half apartment, and all cozy. You know the kind of cozy that makes you want to curl up the second you walk in? <laughs> Always makes you hate to leave. But leave you did because Jonesy liked to go places. Jonesy liked to do things. Liked to play miniature golf and badminton and, uh, good bowling every Wednesday night. Okay. Tomorrow on Sunday is, but the lady still has one car left. All right, let's see it. Here we go. Hey. Oh, God. Don't go, you rude. Buddy, you're quick. Now, tell me, am I great or no? Quick. Great, baby. Real great. And now, ladies and gentlemen, before we start through the observatory proper, and tonight we're fighting just for the moment. Oh, double that dirty, double-crossing deal. Oh. I'm talking about you. You, you. you call my office. Cool beer tonight, you say. Let's just look at the moon. You bet I expected Mulholland Drive. Yeah, park car and all. Oh, come on, Jonesy. We can still get out of here. You. Have you two quite finished your little chat? Quite. I, uh, <laughs> We're sorry. We'll be very quiet, we promise. Thank you. Okay, we'll stay with you. <laughs> Something breaking you up, Junior? Yeah. Young love, my friend. What was that? Uh, excuse me, but I don't think I care to listen to a charming guide anymore. 
That he was leaving, that young love always broke him up. Why? Because I, I guess I thought he was somebody else. But come on! I think he wouldn't listen to me. Or the moon over Mulholland Drive. Yeah, he's passed Maybe a picture of in her own most inimitable trial, Jonesy was crazy. But there, too, I went right along with her. Because in those three weeks, I passed up a half a dozen jobs for every one I took. Never stuck my chin out very far when I did go to work, and all in all, tried my best not to behave like the high school sophomore who suddenly realized that brings to me something more important than baseball. We were at her place one night. The evening plans had called for me to sit as a model, from the wrist down exclusively. All I had to do was hold a bottle of Johnny Walker in the pouring position while she kissed it. I just couldn't get with things. Yeah, and I'm not going to get any steadier. How much longer, Jonesy? A minute. Don't think about it. About tomorrow. Sunday. Loads of them. Yes. What happens first? I come over here. Breakfast, no doubt. Mm-hmm. That's a hot cake, bacon and eggs, coffee and lots of cigarettes. We can, uh... Huh? Well, come to think of it, I have. Grateful, broiled. <laughs> we'll start with that. Then the eggs basted, oh, and then... Oh, I'm helpless. What next? After you've gorged yourself, I think. Yeah, well, after I've gorged, we'll get in my car and take a ride. Say, uh, Laguna Beach? Oh, not that you. Not Laguna. You what? What is it, Jonesy? What's wrong with Laguna? Nothing, Phil. I... I don't like it there. It's an artist colony, you know? Right. And it's where I couldn't make a go of it once. I'd rather not go back. I'd rather go someplace else. Anything. Huh? Sure. Yeah, I thought it was something more serious, Jonesy. I mean, not that your work doesn't count, but... You're a detective without classic powders, huh? Will I go back to the bottle bar? Uh-uh. You don't move in that Yeah? Uh-huh. Give me that stuff. That will board paper all of it. We'll put it over here and I... Oh, good God. <clears throat> I'm crazy. Oh, I'm sorry. You're nervous, huh? Yeah. Oh, no damage, then. You know, thanks. Glad it wasn't your watch. Hey, baby, it's kind of cute. Miniature ice skates, huh? For my kid brother. Mm. I think we were going to be a great skating team when we grew up. Really? And uh, the fully clothing? Oh, well, Wishy. Way back at college. A girl. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, kid. Tara Hart's and Twine, I love that. Oh, for back at college and then in the business. Okay. And this thing? Hmm? Here, where the piece is broken off near the chain. What was that? Well. What is it? A wishbone. Mm-hmm. Oh, when I lost it. You put the bedstead on your wrist, please. I remember that I gotta finish this set. Use this thing Monday morning. Do you mind? You mean I gotta close the morning? No, 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 Phil. I can finish it alone. I'll I'll look for you tomorrow morning at ten. All right? All right. Good night, Jonesy. I floundered someplace between pouting poor Marlowe, the girl he goes for keeps secrets from him, and plain male pride. Goodbye, Jonesy. You live your life and I'll live mine. But by the next morning, I sold myself on the switch. 
Some things just weren't my business. It wasn't a private detective where Jonesy was concerned. It would all work itself out. Life would go on. And it did. Breakfast was wonderful. Broiled grapefruit and food. And the ride to what turned out to be Santa Barbara, perfect. Though in the days that followed, no more was said about it, and nothing unusual happened. Until the following Friday night, that was night before last. We were at a square dance at a local daughter's of something or other lot. The exercise would do me good, she said, and I was learning in a hurry. I thought. <laughs> after her until suddenly I remembered the face that had just frightened me. It's the man who had laughed at young love that night at the observatory. The man Jonesy had thought she'd known. I turned back just in time to see him walk off the other side of the dance floor. Calmly leave the building by a side entrance. This is all the cue I needed. Hey! Hey, you! Hold it! I want to talk to you! Yeah, who are you, friend? And let's not bother with the routine we played at the observatory. Oh, yes, I remember you now. Good. What else do you remember? Come on, the girl in there. I want answers, mister. They mean a lot to me. Yes, so I see. So you saw before, and I'll start talking. All right. That's just what I planned to do. And you can tell her that for me. And also remind her that I was on the corner of Third and Oak, too, on Armistice Day. Third and Oak. On Laguna Beach. Laguna Beach? Yes. Now, if you don't mind, give her this, will you? Gold wishbone. A charm. Uh-huh. A charm that can't miss for me because both ends are in my hands, see? So when I pull it apart, as I make my wish, I can't lose. Yeah. Now, the pieces, Mr. Big Talk. I turn them to the lady and tell her that I'll be heard from again. Good night. Good night. Yeah. They'll hear from me again, too. Street corner in Laguna where over a month ago something had happened that wouldn't lie still. 
Got in my car and headed south, and all the way down for once, the Pacific surf looked cold and hostile. The dreary desolation that hits all beach resorts out of season settled on Laguna like a thick hangover. I finally found the intersection of third note. With two sleepy drugstores, a dying bar, and a pottery can closed for the winter. Nothing else. The only sign of life was a black-footed old man on a bench, whittling listlessly at a piece of gnarled gray driftwood that matched his hands to perfection. Looked as though he'd been there for 20 years. I decided to give him a try. What's that to say, you know, fellow? I said things are pretty dull around here, huh, Pop? Oh, I didn't know it. Generally, somewhere something happening. People come, people go. Like you. They've all got things on their minds. Uh-huh. You ought to come and go more often, Pop. You take a dead corner, huh? Dead? Well, I don't know about that, but seems like this corner gets a good share of life. Oh? I'll bet you nothing's happened in this corner in the last six months worth talking about. You're wrong, son. It's run the gamut. For instance, last August, a baby was born over in front of the drugstore there in a taxi. Mrs. Wright, Gail Wright it was. Old Ty Lemley, the druggist, delivered a fine job through an eight-pound boy. And, uh, on the other end of life? Yeah, that too. A fellow named Peters. He was a kind of belated war casualty, you might say. How do you mean? Well, he went through the First World War without a scratch. And then he got himself killed by a hit-and-run driver right over there in front of the tavern. And it happened just a month ago. Unarmed. Oh, no, hit-and-run. A man dead. Yeah, about two o'clock in the morning, they say. To this day, they haven't caught up with the driver. Say, what's the matter, sir? You're white as a sheep. I felt like I'd been hit hard below the belt. I don't remember what I told the old man. All I could think of was Jones, the unarmed to say. A hit-and-run death and a slimy maggot breaking a wishbone charm between fat fingers. But my next step was mechanical. I started checking rooming houses that catered strictly to artists, and the third one paid off. More than I expected. Cordelia. Yes, I remember Cordelia. Come in. Thanks. And she did have a room here, Mrs. Winkle. Yes, she did. Now, what was it about Cordelia, Mr. Martin? Well, I am a friend of hers, Mrs. Winkle, a good friend. I'm trying to locate her. I see. Well, Cordelia left quite suddenly in the middle of the night, Mr. Marlowe. Left a half-finished canvas behind me. Beautiful thing. Yes, sometimes artists have to spread their wings and fly. Even in the middle of the night? Ah, yes. I used to myself when I was younger, heaven knows. Tell me, Mr. Marlowe, is anything wrong about Cordelia? Why do you ask that, Mrs. Winkle? Because the morning after she left, it was just armistice day, I think. A man came here asking about her. A fat man. Did you know him? No. And from what I read in his face, I don't think I know. Look, Mrs. Winkle, i got to find out all I can about the guy right away. You mean trouble for Jonesy? Cordelia. You see, she... Oh, what I mean is... Don't that... bother explaining what you can as it turned out, this fellow used the telephone while he was here. His name is, uh, oh, what's it now, uh, Orland, uh, something brief and nibbling like this. Begley, that's it, Orland Begley. He made a reservation at the Beekman Plaza Hotel in Hollywood. Begley, Beekman Plaza, huh? Okay, now look, did you tell him anything about Jonesy leaving like she did? Oh, goodness, no. I said she planned on leaving. Uh, I even told him what we had for breakfast. He just smiled. Then he's going to go. That's all I know. Thanks, Mrs. Winkle. Thanks a lot. Good luck, Mr. Marlowe. 
Good luck, she said. All the good luck Marlowe and a girl named Jonesy had coming was burned out on a street corner at two o'clock in the morning a month ago. I can only talk to somebody. All the way back to L.A., I worried because... For that, I had to find it first. I was halfway down the hall to my apartment when I heard it. My phone. I ran to the door and practically ripped it off the hinges before it stopped ringing. Hello? Jonesy! Jonesy, where are you? Oh, that doesn't matter. I just called and didn't buy you. I couldn't leave that. Now, look, you're not going anyplace. You're going to sit tight right where you are till I get there. No, no, you're still up. I'm in a bad jam. I should have told you all about it long ago. Well, it's too late now. It's not too late, baby. I just got back from Laguna. Honey, I know all about it. Look, look, you're in love with a good private eye, you remember? Don't run, baby. That's not the answer. There isn't any answer, Joe. There never was, Josh. Jonesy, please, will you shut up and listen to me for a minute? I can't, Joe. I thought it all over. My mind's made up. Oh, I'm going to have to get out of this mess my own way. Honey, we've got to talk. Come on, where are you? Please, Bill. Please, wait. You're just here. I'm having an awful tough time with this pitch as it is. Jonesy, baby, look. Don't make it tougher on me. I'm sorry, Bill. Thanks for the buggy ride. I'll walk away. Keep running. Don't try it. I know that, but I... I know. Okay, Jonesy. We'll make it the hard way. I couldn't stop Jonesy from running, I figured. I could at least stop the guy who was chasing her. So I called the Beekman Plaza and found out that all in Begley was still registered. I got in my car and started for the hotel, but then I got another idea. There was a good chance that a sleazy, blackmailing crumb like Beggy carried a record of his own. Anyway, it was worth a try and would pay off better now than a beating. So I went to police headquarters instead where Detective Lieutenant Matthews was his old sympathetic self as usual. So... You got some citizen all faked out, and now you want to find out if he's a crook. Now, well, what is this, something new in crime detection? Now, look, Matthews, I'll come down some quiet Tuesday, and we'll make all the jokes all afternoon. But right now... Now, wait a minute. If you're going to dip into police files, I would like to know a little bit more about it. Huh? No joke. All right, the guy goes by the name of Allen Begley. Fat, dark, six, one, about 40. Could be anything from a badger to a bum check artist. Right now, he's shooting an angle that includes me. Well, I find him in the files. I want an exclusive on him for ten minutes. Then he's all yours. Yeah? And what's the hook? Why are you included? Because of a brunette named Jones. Oh. Jones? Yes, Jones. I'd like to make it Marlowe someday. Oh, cool, Matthews. This time I'm serious. Okay, sir. You'll find about 3,000 fat guys in there, you know, 2,000 of them with dark hair. Go ahead and start. I'll send in one of the clerks to give you a hand. Matthew's guess was close. With a clerk's help and hard work, we narrowed the field down to a few hundred cars and started through. Streetlights had been on our side for an hour. Oh, we finally found it. Forty pounds lighter and sporting a mustache, but there was no doubt about it. James Orland, alias Jim Orlo, alias Orland Biglow, was now all in Begley with charges that ran from... Petty thievery in Louisiana, the one that even got Matthews on the ball. Bagley was wanted for murder in Rhode Island. What are we waiting for, Marlowe? Let's go get him. When we piled into the squad car and headed up Sunset Boulevard, I began to feel good again. For the first time, Jonesy had run away at the square then. When we turned up Whitley, Matthews cut the siren and two blocks above the boulevard, we stopped. Around the corner from the Beekman Plaza. 
was a two-story frame hotel held together by countless coats of cheap paint only. And inside a line of empty sweet air bottles said it took nothing more than ordinary ventilation to keep the musty smell from getting thick enough to chew. The jittery night clerk managed to tell us that Bakley had room 212 and left his mouth hanging open while Matthew sent him outside. Follow. You mentioned ten minutes alone with him. You still want it? Yeah. It's important to me, Matthew. Okay. Somebody's got to go up and get him. Might as well be you. Look, the boys will cover his window from outside and both ends of the hall from the landing. If it gets tight, just whistle and duck. Go ahead. Went upstairs to the second floor where the only light was a red bulb at the far end of the hall marked fire exit. Just then, midway down, I saw a figure backing out of the door. A fat figure was having trouble with a lock. Fast had caught me before he realized I was there. It was all in Bakley. They saw me stop and began slowly backing up. You then? What do you want? What are you doing here? Where is she, Bakley? I don't know. She's not again. It's all off anyway. I, I got through with it. I, I changed my mind. Sure you did. Come here, you! You lousy murdering pig, Bakley. Get up! How did you know that? How'd you find out? Police filed bulletin from Rhode Island. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I, I thought I'd have daughter. The only reason I tried to shake the kid down. Hey, but listen, man. You got me out, so let's make a deal. I'll keep me out, Chuck. Not one word about that hit and run. You let me out of here. Bad chance, you slimy me. All right, hey, sucker. I've killed him more than once. But you won't stop me. Nice going, Marlowe. You got him. Flat on his face where he belongs. Hey, where are you going? Find Jonesy, Matthews. I got to talk to her. Hey, what's up? Yeah? Well, you hear that, Marlowe? Burnett. Well, let's go. It looks like he can do your talking right here and now. Come on, boy. I went along with Matthews, all right. It didn't work out like he expected because what I had to say to Jonesy then just couldn't be said. Not in a cheap hotel with a bunch of tough cops standing around it. I had to wait. Wait for the hours of a long night to pass. The night I spent pounding the sidewalk through miles of back streets while I tried to get hold of myself. But all that had been 12 hours again. Now it was morning. Now I could look for it again. Yeah, and now as I followed Mr. Early down the great top that hall to a door, I figured I could tell Jonesy all I wanted to say. She's here, Mr. Marlowe. She's been here. Thanks. Well, Jonesy? I guess she didn't understand me. She two people were in love, they share, but she didn't even change. You see... I found out Begley was a killer. After you'd already gone to his hotel to get him. The crazy kid. Should have trusted him, John. Played it straight. But no matter how they added up, we had something worth waiting for. Well, as you said, thanks for the buggy ride, baby. Was great. Oh. Did you 
little charm. Wishbone. Sorry, it's broken. Goodbye, Jonesy. I can do to help Mr. Marlowe? No. Nothing. Thanks. Good day, sir. Hillcrest Mortuary. Mr. Early is speaking. Adventures of Philip Marlowe, bringing you Raymond Chandler's most famous character, star Gerald Moore, and are produced and directed by Norman MacDonald. Script is by Robert Mitchell and Gene Levitt. Featured in the cast were Gene Bates, Bill Johnstone, Jane Morgan, John Daner, Edgar Barrier, and Anne Morrison. The square dance was called by Paul Pierce. Detective Lieutenant Matthews is played by Larry Dobkin. The special music is composed and conducted by Richard O'Rourke. Be sure and be with us again next week when Philip Marlowe says... This time a tobacco-chewing engineer, a redhead running a bulldozer and a leprechaun on a drag line, all added up to death at an unfinished vessel. And there could have been more. But then I found out which one had actually submitted the lowest bid. The Adventures of Philip Marlowe, starring Gerald Moore, comes to you every Saturday evening at this same time, transcribed. Welcome back. Well, uh, we received a comment about Murder of the Week uh, plots, and this certainly went a different direction. And for an old-time radio play, was something very different, certainly for Philip Marlowe, really one of the most um, original plot ideas, uh, because really every episode since uh, Red Wind practically uh, began with Philip Marlowe fall, being hired and trouble following. This one starts in his personal life and uh, with a very different sort of uh, Marlowe and uh, desire. Uh, and it's a, just a fascinating different turn on the character. Certainly miles away from uh, even the Philip Marlowe as written by Raymond Chandler at a time. The big pity about this one is that the audio has got uh, issues on it. Uh, it seems that with all of the um, really uh, good audio we've enjoyed throughout the series, this one turns out to be one of those few with a few issues, which... Um, it hurts the listening a little bit, but not too much. Uh, it's just a wonderful story, and I thought the end was just heartbreakingly sad, but uh, very well done. Uh, well, now we do have a little bit of a word um, about technical support and when issues uh, arise with the site. What I really want to uh, ensure is that if people are having 
problems that they get in touch with the folks who will be able to help them the quickest. If you're noticing sound quality problems or an episode doesn't show up, I definitely want to hear from you so that I can get that corrected because that's something we can address on our side. However, I've received uh, a number of emails regarding the app and how to use features uh, associated with it. Now, as I'm not a regular user of the app, I'm not particularly trained on all the technical aspects of it. I'm probably not the best to ask regarding uh, app functionality. When I do receive these emails, I'll poke around with the app, see if I can figure something out, and hope I can come up with a good solution. Because if at all possible, I want to avoid having tell you to contact uh, someone else after you've already waited to hear back from me. Though sometimes I do have to because the question is beyond my knowledge or just my ability to figure out. So if you do have a question regarding the app and it's not regarding sound quality or an episode not showing up in the feed, then uh, click the contact button and choose troubleshooting. If it is regarding sound quality, an episode not playing, or not seeing uh, an episode that should be there, then uh, email me and I'll be happy to uh, take a look and see what's going on. And I'll continue to do my best for those who do email me regarding app issues, but I just want to be sure that people know how to get the best help the first time. And it's not like I'm spending all day answering these, but again, people have the, will have the best experience by getting in contact with the right people the first time. All right, well, uh, now we do turn to some listener comments and feedback. Lori comments regarding episode uh, 1559, Birds on the Wing. I like this one quite a bit. I did notice it was similar to uh an earlier episode but i figure in the original run they were probably pretty far apart i was not a fan of philip marlowe but he has really grown on me i hope there are a lot more episodes to go uh well thanks so much laurie and we do have um close to um nine or ten months worth of episodes left of this series and it really is high quality and i do think if you're not necessarily a fan of philip marlowe in literature and there are certain reasons for that uh radio marlowe is different and in my opinion uh, probably a little bit better at least as a person anyway All right, well, that will do it for today. We'll be back tomorrow with Nick Carter. And join us again next Wednesday for another episode of The Adventures of Philip Marlowe. Oh, and next Tuesday, Police Headquarters returns. In the meanwhile, send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And become one of our friends on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Grams, uh, signing off.